August 30, 2021. It's Watt from Pedro's show.
Lot for Pedro Show. Happy Monday. Started off something that's coming out in October. They're giving us one piece ahead of time. Impulse people are putting out live in Seattle, 1965. I love Supreme, and what we heard there was the part four song. There's a great live album, Live in Seattle, from this same... I guess he was there five or maybe a week playing at some place called the Penthouse. And the Hammered Halls after that, looking after you. And uh, Hammered Halls. Yeah, because of those Estonian software engineers with their Skype invention. I got Mark Cisneros with me. Where are you talking to me from, Mark? Uh, D.C.? Yep, uh, Washington, D.C. Okay. And we got to thank Anthony for the connect. Much respect. Yep. Can I ask you to help my memory? Did you play with me in my second man? Did we share a stage near Disneyland? Were you with Kid then? No, I wasn't with Kid then. I joined uh, shortly after that. Okay. I thought so. Kiki was on the bass. That's right. That's right. Keep on basing. And they had, that's right. And uh, maybe uh, Kid had a couple guys from Seattle in the band or something. Yeah, that was uh, that was the guitar player before me, Jesse. Okay, okay. Yeah, really great tattoo artist okay. up in Seattle. Great guitar player too, bass player, man. Everything. Okay. Oh yeah. Multi like yourself. Uh, well, <laughs> let's get into your fucking music uh, journey. Please bring the earliest recollection you got regarding music. Oh, man. Uh, it would have to be um, I, uh, an uncle who played guitar and sang, and he he was a, he was in a covers band, and, um, and that was my first. Actually, it was two uncles. One uncle, when I was probably the earliest memory, is an uncle who was living with my grandmother in West Covina, and... We'd go over there, and I I spent a lot of time with her. And he he was he was like one of the youngest of her kids, and he was living at the house still. And he was playing a, a guitar there, like an electric guitar. So I'd hear him just kind of jamming in his room. He'd never come out, you know. He'd always just be in there jamming on his guitar. Um, and he was always doing like solos and like working on this and that, which I guess was like. You know, I think he was into like Jimmy Page and stuff like that. And I don't know, he was doing all that. I was I was amazed by it. Um, but another uncle was in a in a band. He had a guitar. He just kind of like go through chords, sing a lot of songs, had a, has a great voice. Um, my uh, I have an aunt who I didn't know played and she just like grabbed a guitar. We were somewhere at a family function and there was a acoustic guitar and she grabbed it and started playing some chords and started singing some old Mexican songs. And man, it was beautiful. I was, and that blew me away. I was just like, Oh man, like, like she plays guitar. How come, how come we don't all know this? You know what I mean? Right. Right. Big surprise. But this was probably infectious on you. Maybe it got you going. Uh, can I ask yeah. you, can I ask you about school? Were you in the choir or the marching band or shit like that? No, no, I wasn't. I actually, I was not. I didn't, um, I didn't have any interest in, in joining the band at school. I knew some people who did, but I don't know, man. Like at, at that time, at that time, I didn't like, uh, if anything, I would, I would want to play drums in it, but I knew the drummer or I knew a drummer that was doing it. And all he was playing was the snare drum. And that, that didn't seem fun for me. And 
I wasn't into jazz at all. So like horns and stuff, that wasn't that wasn't what I would want to do. I mean, looking back now, I kind of wish that I got into jazz and started playing horns and stuff. I was like, man, I wish I kind of wish I was in there learning, getting my reading together and all that. But, you know, yeah, is what it is. Yeah, they say youth is wasted on the young. <laughs> That's I mean, right. You, you got to live, right, Mark, to find this, those kind of things out. It's hard to know in advance. What was the first Absolutely. instrument you jumped on? Uh, first instrument, I'd say, was... Um, was bass actually it was bass was my first love um we had like in my little friend group we all once we decided that we wanted to get guitars and 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 play in a band or playing bands and stuff um i was the i got kind of like relegated to being the bass player i mean not you know kind of kind of same as a little bit as you you know um and so i was like okay like that would be great you know like i want to you know i'd love to play bass and there was a pawn shop in uptown whittier that i used to go to and they had this uh gibson uh ripper up on the wall and man that was like i would go in there and that dude was real nice at the pawn shop and he would let me like take it down and you know like kind of mess around on it even though i had no idea what i was doing but he was you know he was cool and real patient with me um but but as it turns out, my dad worked with a dude who had played guitar, and I had begged my dad for a bass, and that bass in particular. And um, and the dude at his work was like, no, don't get him a guitar. Don't get him a bass. Don't get him a bass. If you could get him a guitar, if he can learn how to play guitar, he can play bass. You know, he'll be better off or whatever. And I was just so, so upset, you know. But... Um, they eventually got me a guitar for Christmas, and um, and that was it. Although, in my friend group, I was the last one to get a guitar. So there was a friend's house whose brother played drums, so his drum kit was in the garage. And since I didn't have a guitar yet, I think I got, you know, I was like the default drummer, which is how I started playing drums. So I think maybe, um, you know, maybe drums might have, actually been the first instrument that I had to like actually you know put some put some work into because you never got a shot with the bass only when you no, the it, it, it wasn't until it wasn't until you know I, I started working and you know got paychecks and was able to buy myself a bass yeah, sure, <laughs> which was you know uh, later on <laughs> yeah. right right well fucking to get the drum sets when you're young that's some bones costing some bones Oh yeah, it took me a long time to get a drum kit, so I was always like using other people's, you know. But I had, but I had a guitar. I still have it, the same one. It's like a Washburn 335 copy that I got in the the like I don't know, 1988 or something like that. And what they tell you, we get you this guitar, you got to take lessons. No, they just oh, said okay. um, they they just got it and they said uh, you better play it. <laughs> You, know. but you didn't have to get well sometimes right there's like some kind of condition of getting the, the no case. thankfully thankfully they my folks were cool about that because they like i said some other friends in my friend group they had already got guitars and they one of them had started taking lessons so he was kind of like our um our uh canary in the coal mine so like he would come back with like his little worksheets and stuff from his teacher and his teacher was like a like a heavy metal dude and he was teaching them all this kind of heavy metal stuff which i was not into and i was just like well like that means i don't that means i'm not going to take any lessons because i don't want to learn how to play play all that stuff <laughs> so, well you had to learn drums you couldn't learn the drums from them though 
No, at that time, my focus was guitar. I mean, drums, I was just picking up and I was just listening to records and just kind of like, okay, oh, and like, and like all, all the classic songs that I grew you up know, with, George like I was, George you know, Hurley I'd start to hear different parts of the kit and be like, oh, okay, that's the symbol. Oh, that's another symbol, but it has a symbol on, on top of it, you know, like the hi-hat and I'd start actually being able to hear it. So drums, I just kind of threw together just out of necessity. Yeah, I was I was trying to tell you George Hurley looked, taught himself by two records, uh, the Who, <laughs> uh, My Generation, yeah, and Stanley, uh, no Billy Cobham, Spectrum. <laughs> That's so perfect because two, two, Hurley, two. his drumming is like all of that. <laughs> <laughs> and he that got some perfect. headphones. He got rid of, you know, he's building surfboards in his shed. Fuck that. Got rid of that. Got these headphones and just pounded it into his head, into his body. Oh, man. Two records over and over. And he fucking ended up the Minutemen drummer. Uh, he's a damn genius, though, man. Yeah, you know, absolutely. like he. Plays so the hell out of those drums. <laughs> so, I mean, there's lots, lots of ways. I, I believe, because I saw it happen. I saw a man teach himself from records. Two records. Yeah, man. So, yeah, you probably did. Yeah, like you said, you pieced it together with the sounds and this kind of stuff. Here, you gave me some more hammered holes. I'm going to play this. All right.
Watford Pedro show. That Chuck music started with written words from Hammered Hulls. Then Los Skeletons out of South London. Pump Action Pimp. Moldome and Albalmore. Best of Heron Run Coyotes. Shugo Tokumaru with Sanganichi. Northern Jaw, St. Cloud, Transatlantic. Plasterman with Quarantine with You. Bob Bucko Jr., My First Bells. From Ray Shin, that was the name of a Minuteman comp cassette, too. And then Rights of Production, Live at the Black Cat, Hammer and Holes, 2018. Black Cat, Dante. Yeah, man. Iron Cross. <laughs> and you drum <laughs> man, right? Yeah. Okay, so this band, you know, it's an after school band, right? Like a garage band, bedroom band. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That, it was just, and it was, it was, um, it was a band that, I mean, it was just a group of friends that would get together, and it became just kind of a rotating cast as everyone was just trying to figure out stuff and be like, oh, like I can play this thing, or you know, like um, I learned this misfit song. Let's let's try and play it. You know, it's. Now, um, now, did you guys have a name? Did you ever do gigs, or was it just practice? Oh no, no, it was it was just practice. It was it was all of us just trying to figure it out, and you know, at that point, we still. I mean, we were. You know, we we all figured that it it would take a lot for us to be in bands, you know, and to be a real band. You know, we we felt like we had to like really have our shit together, um, and that that took a long time. <laughs> so that, and it took so long that the that that group just never did anything. You know, we we kind of we kind of messed around in different configurations over the years. You know, you know, past that, you know, in and different things, but yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing ever came about it. So what was your first band, your first gig band? Oh man. First gig band was this band from Torrance. Um, it was, a they were older than I was and I went to high school with the girlfriend of the bass player and she knew that I had played guitar and she was like, oh, like, can I hear you play? And I was just like, yeah, yeah. So she came over with some friends and heard me play. And then she was like, um, she's like, oh, like my, um, my, you know, my boyfriend is looking for, a, looking for a guitar player or whatever. And it's like, you know, do you want to, are, are you in a band right now? And I was just like, no. Um, but, um, but then I ended up, so she put me in contact with them. And then, you know, like I wasn't even like, I didn't even have a car or nothing. So like the um the singer who also played guitar you know picked me up for to go play with them and all that and they were just basically like a cure band you know like they they really loved that band the cure and you know i had like some tunes and and there was my girlfriend in high school at the time was really into the cure and i was like you know like yeah man okay that's cool i can play that stuff let's do it um and that was uh was it actually cure songs no, it was just like their songs, their that, songs like that just the sounded cure. like the cure. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Maybe dressed like the cure. I met, I met that guy. He was playing Jay Damascus and ping pong. He was really good at ping pong. Oh no, shit. really quiet <laughs> and big, bright red lipstick. I oh that. man, yeah. Giant hair. I, but he was very I, kind to me. Uh, he didn't talk to me that much. It was at the uh, Rose Bowl. What were these guys called? 
I can't remember what that band was called. Okay. <laughs> oh man, I can't even remember. I mean, that was. I mean, a yeah. Bit I can't, a while ago, yeah. Okay, um, so <laughs> short, it was a short, short-lived band. <laughs> but I did go see that show where Dinosaur played with the Cure. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. The Rose yeah, Bowl. at the at the Rose Bowl, man, that was the that was incredible. I think and I came and out. I remember he had me uh, do a song. I played bass on a Dinosaur song. No shit. Yeah, at that gig, one one song. Oh. Michael Johnson went to uh, the rhythm guitar, I think. Holy shit, I don't remember that. Oh, man. You can't what year was the goddamn band's name. I don't blame you. There's so much <laughs> shit, Mark, that I have fucking spaced and forgotten. Oh, my God. I don't blame you. I'm just curious, you know. But this, you said that was your first gig band, so your first gig was with this band. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. What, what then, was that like? What was that first gig like? Oh, man, it was terrifying. Yeah. It was terrifying. Like, yeah. I had never... Um, yeah, I had never played in front of people and, you know, it was, um, you know, they had like all these effects, like effects pedals and stuff. And I didn't even know what the hell effects pedals were. And, you know, I just planned, you know, like, uh, you know, like I like I showed up with my little, you know, my little Washburn practice amp. And they were like, oh, yeah, you're going to you're going to need something bigger than that. <laughs> you know, so like I was playing, you know, they had let me borrow an, an amp um, and, you know, I had no effects or nothing. I was just playing right you know, straight into the amp. And, um, well, yeah, we're just, this is crazy. <laughs> boom was like that. Just turned the treble all the way up. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, right. Rip, Jay told me he saw us at the channel first time. And, uh, <laughs> it ripped his head out. He had D Boone at that time had a super twin. It was like 150 watt fender amp. Oh, really? Oh loud yeah. Guitar amp. Six, <laughs> six and he said it was like a cheese cutter. Just took the top of his head off. Oh my God! Yeah, because was it with the telly through that? Yeah, no bass, no mid, all treble. <laughs> Man, well, dude, yeah, it was part of his plan a... to get the drums. D Boone said, thought the political thing about the Minutemen was having the drums and bass come up, and not letting the guitar dominate. And he, he you know, listening to R and B and stuff. We the brothers did it with by uh, trebly guitar and and playing real, you know, funky clipped. So you made more room for the drums and the bass to fit in there. Yeah, absolutely. Georgie were in the <laughs> <laughs> way into that. So look, how long you last with these guys? Uh, that wasn't uh, shoot. I don't know. That was it was a, just like a few months, I guess. I don't know. Okay. I, it wasn't. Uh, I don't even remember if there was a. There may have been another show somewhere, but I don't know if there actually was. Well, what you do after that? I mean, you didn't. You didn't go to higher education for music, right? No, no. Well, that didn't come until I was like, oh, like 30. But um, yeah, so like I just kind of like after that and playing with playing with with those dudes for a little bit. Um, and then after I played with a couple of them, you know, which I still and I still talk to those dudes. I love them so much. Um, but like nothing ever, nothing ever happened until until. um Shoot, it was just I was just playing at home and you know doing this and that, and then a buddy of mine who he was the one who had got me into like the cramps and like a lot of the '60s garage stuff. Nick Knox. He, oh yeah, oh yeah. He, um, my buddy Joey, he he actually got the when they when they reissued those back from the grave comps, 
he called me up and he's just like, man, you got to come over. And so I went over and we were hanging out and he's playing all this stuff for me. My mind just being blown by all that, all these kids in the sixties who were doing this stuff that was gnarlier than anything that I had ever heard before. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I was just like, man, we should, um, we should, we, he had always talked about starting a band and he's, I was like, yeah, man, let's start a band. Let's do some garage stuff. So it was just fun. It ended up being like a band that we just hung out and, and played tunes from back from the grave and like cramps covers and stuff. And, and eventually we just, we started playing shows and that became, that became a band and that was called, uh, the specters. The specters. Mm-hmm. All right. I was going to ask, you know, any recycler bands member, <laughs> the old, <laughs> the old band, recycler, yeah, recycler yeah. bands. Like, oh, man. They always have must have own transportation, uh, own <laughs> equipment, no flakes. Uh, oh man! Like, um, you call some guy up and say, "Hey, I ain't got uh, any gear. I don't know how to get to your pad, and I'm a big fucking flake." Oh man! Tell you, <laughs> pro 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 attitude a must. Right, right. Or, there was one point where it was like pro hair a must. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Or, or you know, have secured recording deal management. You know. Just need oh a band. They don't have a band. They got everything else. Right. Oh man, for real. That was that was the for for us. I mean, that's that's all of that shit is the reason why I'm out here in DC. It was um, it was like we refer to it as the dark ages of music and being in <laughs> being in LA. You know, I mean, we were all like in the you know suburbs, but like it was uh, all that that metal shit it was like really like uh that sunset sunset strip metal thing like if you yeah, pick up it, it remember calls the, it but, uh, butt rock what's it, that it called it butt rock oh right right exactly <laughs> i mean do you remember that free um magazine called bam oh yeah bay area music or something oh man like just picking up that and and like it seemed like all these metal bands would like put take out like full page ads yeah. of themselves yeah Oh man, it would just be like it was just the worst. It was the worst. I mean, so like, uh, I managed to meet some friends from different high schools who were like really. Um, this was like towards the end of, or maybe middle towards the end of high school. Who, who were like the coolest dudes I had ever met. They were like into the coolest music, and they were you know are still a huge influence on me. Um, Devin Ocampo. Who oh, yeah. you played? Drummer man. Yeah, and um, and Chad Moulter. Right, he lived uh, in SoCal for a while. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Totally, so like they maybe they Strong were, Beach. Uh, what's up? Maybe Strong Beach. Devin was telling you know I made uh, a forty-five. I know. For uh, with the, him and his wife, and they they wrote one tune. I wrote the other tune. Really nice people. I want to do a whole album with them. Oh man, sure. That'd be great. So, That'd be so, killer. But they're DC people, so that's the connect with DC. Yeah, yeah. So Devin, okay. Devin grew up in LA, right? And and he had a band with Chad Moulter and our buddy Darren. Darren played drums. Devin played guitar and sang, and and Chad played bass. And they were called Boyd, and that band was ridiculous. They put out a seven inch. Um, it just did it themselves. I wish that they would do something with that you know i don't know it's not even like uh, uh, on the internet or anything but man it was it was cool as hell they were playing all kinds of great shit and you know of course like you know influences were 
were like just mind blowing to me. Um, but they were the ones who like really made me rethink, you know, everything. Like I still, you know, like it's, it's, we refer to it as like, um, like the Minutemen school of music being like always being prepared, learning how to play your instrument and like learning how to play like to the best of your ability, playing the best with what you got. Um, and they were just, you know, it was just like no, no bullshit, like all, all great shit, all great tunes. Um, they really kind of like enlightened me. Um, but I, they moved, they moved to DC because they were like everything that was cool that was happening in, in LA is like been snuffed out by this fucking heavy metal bullshit. Um, so they, um, they left and, um, I followed, but you know, years, years later, but that's why I'm here. Yeah. So, you know, Music, a lot about music is a lot about people. Sometimes, you know what I mean? Just need yeah, to connect or something. I mean, you, you got to be motivated yourself, of course. It's right. not just absolutely connects and stuff like that. But th uh, tri trippy things come in your life and, and big sea changes come. Absolutely. So you, yeah, absolutely. So you get in the boat and you go fucking across the country. That's right, man. That's right. And sometimes all you got to do is be willing and brave enough just to, like, get in the boat. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. But what do you call it? balls out? Yeah. <laughs> you know, right, right. Pop the chute, <laughs> throw out the anchor. <laughs> I'm glad you did it, Mark. Well, look, at that first hour, August 30, 2021, this Watt Pedro show, special guest Mark Cisneros. Hold tight for hour two. August 30, 2021, it's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro show.
make something new out of your history? Is it enough to just stay afloat? So many people try to rock the boat. They say you gotta play the cards you deal. But I tried that a few times, didn't like how that felt. Cause life can bring you so many lousy deals. I try to keep it real. But sometimes it's like my heart is in the wrong place. Feels like I'm running in the wrong race. Sometimes I feel like such a waste of space. My dreams are running away. I'm about to give up the chase Things don't always turn out like you planned You have supplied
Juan Rubino show. Start off the second hour with Kid Congo and the Pink Monkey Birds. I can't afford your shitty dream house. Ben Salter after that from Tasmania with My Heart is in the Wrong Place. 11th Freedom. Zach Barocas New Freedom Sound. And Rice Corps. Lucas Bella. A couple cats from China with Mrs. Rice. Finally, Kid Congo and the Pink Monkey Birds. Lorena. So, how'd you get connected with the kid? Because, oh, he lived for a while in D.C., right? Yeah, yeah, he lived in D.C. for oh, like nine years or something. In fact, he moved to D.C. the same year I moved to D.C. Um, from New York, because I had lived in New York for a couple years, or about like a year and a half. Uh, that's when I w- actually went to a music school. I went there for because I had gotten into jazz, and I was like, I want to play saxophone, and and uh, you know I had taught myself, you know, just self-taught with everything else, and I was like, I'll just teach myself how to play that, and I start spent like almost a year messing around on a saxophone on the side, and just couldn't do anything, and then I was like, just you know, reading liner notes and reading books and stuff. It was just like, oh, like. People would go and find someone they'd study with someone or like yeah. to go take a lesson with someone here and there, you know, like just like players that they liked. Yeah. And so so I was just like I went and saw saw a group play and saw the saxophone player. And he was a tenor player and his name's Lewis Van Taylor. He's a L.A. dude who's played. I mean, it turns out he's played with all kinds of people, but he was doing this great stuff and he was just swinging like, you know, hard as hell. And, and then he would do like all the stuff that was like, you know, the language and like, you know, bebop stuff hard bop stuff but then like he would get free and do this amazing stuff i was like man he he's the dude so i talked to him after the show and asked him if he taught at all and, and he was really cool man like he lived out in sherman oaks and um gave me his number and i would go out there and and start taking lessons with him and man he was he was like obi-wan kenobi he he really was like he really showed me the way and it was just he's like okay see this horn you got this is a student horn it is it is not great. Take care of it because you're going to sell it and you're going to get something better. And he's like, and this mouthpiece, you need to get something different and this and that. And like he would just tell me, like he taught me about the whole, you know, about everything. It was really, really incredible. That's so good. That's beautiful. I love to hear that stuff. And then Man. what, you get better on the horn? Like I'm going to take this to New York City? Well, then once, so then I started, so I started playing and getting better and then, somebody told me that Art Davis was teaching at a community college in, in Orange, or what was it Costa Mesa, maybe? Yeah. yeah. OCC. I, I and, uh, yeah, and I was like, oh, man, what? And they're like, oh, yeah, it's great. Like, he goes and he's like, you know, has this history of jazz course, and he talks about Ascension and all this sure, great shit. Sure. I was like, what? So then I went and I enrolled. And, you know, he was so amazing and, and, you know, I got to know him he was, you know, very patient with me and so, so kind and generous with his time. And he became a mentor to me. And like, you know, I, he was like, you should, you should try joining the, the, the school band. There's like a community, uh, community band here. And they, they take all levels. And, you know, like I went and I got, I joined up and the band director was so cool. And, you know, I was just like getting my reading together. Cause I, you know, like I said, I never Start, I never played an instrument in in school, like band or nothing. So I had a, you know, I was working like shitty jobs, and like on my break, I'd be like writing out, you know, like a staff and like the letters and you know the notes on the staff and the spaces and 
trying to memorize like the treble clef and bass clef and like trying to, you know, figure out like, you know, learn the rhythms and like quarter notes and eighth notes and all that. So like, you know, I got to play easy parts and, and eventually I got, I got better and, and I was just like, you know, you know, of course my folks are like, what are you going to do with your life? <laughs> and I was like, man, maybe I should, you know, maybe I should go to school. Maybe I should like try and do this, you know, and, you know, like talking to Art Davis and he was, he was so great. And, you know, it was just like, you, well, you, you know, do what you want to do and like, you know, study and like work. And like, I know people in New York and, you know, this and that. And, um, I got this, uh, downbeat magazine and I saw that, um, I saw that Steve Lacey was moving back to the States and I was like, Oh man, he was good. And he was going to go teach. Actually, he was going to go teach in at the new England conservatory. And then I, for some crazy reason, I thought that maybe I could get into the new England conservatory and study with Steve Lacey. But, um, but then he, um, but then he passed away by the time, like I, I felt like I was good enough to like go, but maybe I go and like audition or whatever. Uh, Um, he had passed away. And, when he was playing with Thelonious Monk, he wrote down some of the rules that Monk had. Oh man, classic! Yeah, that you is. You know what I'm talking about. Amazing. Right? Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Look, you Word me, worse to live by. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You gave me this baby Alcatraz in the Aleron. Aurelion. Aurelion, sorry. <laughs>
Pedro Show, that chunk of music started off with Baby Alcatraz and the Aurelians. 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 <laughs> get it. Fuck. Sorry, Mark. So, let's see That's all right. <laughs> uh, then we had uh, Derek Moneypenny, Yoncala Drain. Oh, that's a title. Uh, Manuel <laughs> Armida. This is a Mexico City guy who lives way up in uh, Yellowknife, Northwest Territory, Canada. And beautiful stuff, Manuel Amita for water. And Bon Bon, this has got uh, my uh, Mr. Man drummer's wife, uh, Panaloma, on bass. And uh, Chicanista, Chicanista. They they started with the X, so kind of threw me. I I fuck up everybody's language uh, accidentally, really. (laughs) Never on purpose. Benji uh, Faree. Free, yeah. With humidity. So, the, the wide variety of, of stuff you sent me. Really interesting. Yeah, man. I've been. Um, I've just been real fortunate to to um, to to 
be able to you know be asked to to join in on on a on a sure, lot of sure. different stuff well, and well, well let's get you know. caught up with your little journey there okay you missed mr lacy but you're still out oh, there yeah. anyway so art davis told me about the new school and that i should consider that yeah and that he knew reggie workman over there yeah and so then i went i sent oh, in some stuff and uh, i had like recorded some tunes and you know gave them to to Dr. Davis and he, he was just like, yeah, when you, when you send stuff in, send them your original tunes, you know, like this is, it's, you know, this, this will really help you. Um, and actually you played one of those tunes on your show in, um, shoot, I don't know what year that was, 2000. Well, I've been doing the show for 20 years and three months. Yeah. 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 So maybe 2001 or something too. That's the first <laughs> year. That's the first year. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yes, yeah, and it was just me uh, playing, you know, playing like drums and upright and piano and and tenor. Um, but yeah, so I got accepted into the new school and I went and um, yeah, that was you know it was crazy. It was it was amazing because like the you know professors that were all like legendary players, you know, like like insane. Like Chico Hamilton was there. Big, that uh, guy was a big influence on Georgie. Oh man, I didn't, he, he didn't, oh, I didn't I see him that. do the headphone thing, but he he liked Chico a lot, yeah. And Chico oh, said, you know, he could he had trouble getting songwriting credits. Drummers can't write songs. Fucking bullshit. Oh man, yeah, and he eventually had to like start his own thing, like a oh yeah, like production house and everything he, and he for publishing. With, uh, there was a guy who lived here in Pedro, uh, Hungarian guitarist Gabor Zabo. Oh he yeah, played, Oof. yeah. Died young, but uh, tragic. But he, great player, Chico. He was he was, he's a force. He's a force. Georgie loved him, so uh, he influenced. He, you know, he wasn't as like Billy and Keith Moon with that intense. You know, I'm gonna beat this shit into my body. But he just loved <laughs> to say, you know, there's something about the Latin thing that goes good with drums. Just does. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The, yeah. I mean, those patterns and everything That's that Hurley would, would play. A lot of that stuff, you know, and, and, and I got to say on the bass guitar too, man. What moves better than fucking Latin bass line? God damn. Oh, man. Absolutely. <laughs> right? Kachow. I was going to just say, Kachow, what a force. What a force. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was Art Davis's dude. Yeah. Kachow, he, was, he would talk about Kachow and be like, man, like that's, that's where it's at. And Reggie Workman, he, we lost Dr. Art Davis, but Reggie's it's still so around, right? Oh yeah, he's still doing it, man. He's still playing. I saw him do a, a a live stream during the during the lockdown. Man, he sounds killer. That's so fucking happening. I love to hear that stuff. But keep on keeping on, you know. If you're blessed with the the years and not putting them to waste, beautiful man. Uh, he's a, on the giant steps and stuff. Uh, we're at the end of the second hour, August 30, 2021. Dish what Peter show special guest Mark Sisteros. Hold tight for our three. August 30, 2021, it's third hour of the Watt for Pete Rose.
you pass a piss test, mark it on your application, you fuck. Show start off the third hour. Low Ways Octet, a short wave commune, commune. Loopy smiles, Lupe. And then uh, Samuel Locke Ward, piss test. The South will never rise again from testimonies. Testimonies, <laughs> I saw a picture of you rocking a bass. Uh, let's see. Not, I play guitar in Desdemona's, okay. but. Uh... See, I'm, I saw I'm, you rocking a white thunder, non-reverse thunderbird. You know, I got a blue one. I did my first. I, oh, I know, I know. <laughs> Bluey is that what is yeah, that is right. that the name? <laughs> That's its name. And, uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm starting to record with it again, but the, for gigs, it's just too big. It make my hands can't handle it. But uh, oh man, it's giant. Those things are giant. Yeah, the headstock's like nine inches. So okay. <laughs> So you, you go through all the schooling thing. That's so bitching, too, you know, to, to, what you did that way. And you, you make your way to D.C. Yeah. Well, I was like, I last, I only lasted a year at the new school because yeah. 
when I would walk down the practice, you know, the hallways where the practice rooms were, there were all these kids that were like right out of high school. And like, mind you, I was like already like 30. Yeah, right. Uh, and like there were these kids right out of high school just shredding on every instrument they played. It was like, <laughs> I was like, you guys don't even need to be at school. You should be out making records and playing and, you know, this and that. And, and um, so at that time, you know, it's, you know, it's expensive to live in New York and that yeah. school, you know, was expensive. And I got a call from, you know, I kept in touch with Devin and Chad and Devin had called me up and, and the band that they were playing in that they had down here at the time called medications, they were parting ways with their drummer. And he was like, man, come down to DC, let's play. And I was like, I'm there. Whoa. Was there a drum set waiting for you? Well, Devin, well, Devin has drum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Devin's a, he Devin's plays a everything, right? drummer himself. Right, <laughs> he's know? a one-man band. Fuck, these he's, guys. A, he's a goddamn genius. Man. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> so it was all all laid out for you. Oh, that that's so bitching. That was beautiful of him. Uh, yeah. So that's how I met. You know, I came down here, and then you know, he's introducing me to like all the DC cats, and I was like, oh man, like what? what? Ian, <laughs> is this what the chain in the gang? That that happened after, but right. yeah, but you know, like it was yeah. like I know I know hey, all these guys because of Devin and Chad when right. I moved down here. Okay, you know, because they they had already put records out on Discord, so like, you know, I get here and it's just like holy shit. So then I started playing, and then people, you know, dug what I was doing, and you know, I started getting asked to to be you know to play in other projects, and and that's how that's how the kid thing happened, okay. you know. Uh, sure, sure. I'm going to play Chain in the Gang, though. That, that's uh, the makeup guy, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I was walking down the street when I saw a helicopter flying over me and a guy getting hung from it by his feet. He got dropped down and he hit the ground so I went over to see if there's something I could do for him he said it's too late for me I guess but there's something I'd like to get off my chest would you please listen I had to say yes and this is what he this is what he said guys you still see hanging around I was on a grassy knoll dressed like a hobo with some other guys dressed like a clown I said wow is that true he just turned blue and this is what he said he said it's my time I've got to go let this be a lesson This is my out 
I saw a submarine surface. A guy on the deck get thrown, thrown into the ocean. He tried to swim ashore. He almost made it. But then he got badly mauled by sharks. He crawled onto the sand. I tried to give him a hand. But he said, No, it's too late for me. But there's something I'd like to say. I killed MLK for the CIA and Malcolm X for Federal Express. Bobby Hutton, George Jackson, Fred Hampton, yeah, and all the rest. He said, it's my time, I've got to go, let this be a lesson, this is my tried to walk fast I walked by some fast food establishment and I looked inside there was a distinguished looking guy and we made eye contact and he started choking on his french fries crawled out on the pavement gasping for life yeah and he started to die I tried to give him CPR but he said it's too late for me, but I got something I want to get off my chest. I said, I'm no priest. He said, boy, make this easy on me. He said, I faked the moon landing. I saved Hitler's brain. It's in Argentina, but it controls the USA. I fixed the Pope's election. I did the October surprise. I am the French connection. Talking. I got Saddam to invade. I planned the Bay of Pigs. I put the mama in his grave. Oh yeah, it's my time. I've got to go. Let this be a lesson. This is my deathbed.
Watt for Pedro, last music for this edition. Deathbed Confession, Chain in the Gang. We're talking off air about Ian and uh, his quick, quick wit. Then Brett Goodsight with uh, brand new from him out of Milwaukee, 8BHM2. That's a title. And then Yoko Ono, Rich Morrell mix of Walking on Thin Ice. I got to play a gig, a song at a gig with her and Ig. Nels, oh man! Yeah, Nels Klein was on the guitar. It was at the Odeon in downtown LA. And Holy Yuko shit! Araki on drums. And Damn! Take the D train or something. And I had just hurt my knee, but, but fuck it, I was in a immobilizer and shit. I don't know. That was going to stop. Oh. Me. <laughs> and uh, she's very, very few words, but very nice. Very nice to meet you. Oh, that's so cool. Man, I used to go check out Nels when he was doing that Alligator Lounge yep, thing. Yep. New, music, New music, music Mondays? Right. West Los Angeles. Near the old music machine. Yeah. I seen you play there with him, too. Yeah, yeah. I've done a bunch of gigs there with him. In fact, one was... I, I haven't run away from many gigs, but there was one. I could see my truck across the street. And these motherfuckers... I was up... These guys were nice guys and everything, but they were just making a butt. You know, free stuff has to still... It's a big difference when you play with somebody like Nels or then guys are just jacking off. And I, I felt like we were abusing the audience, so I ran. It wasn't my amp or anything up there anyway, and I just unplugged and ran straight to the truck. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, right... During all this stuff, were you trading files? Uh, not much, actually. A, a little bit towards towards the end, it started happening um, more and more. Uh, but like for for the bulk of it and the whole front front end, nothing at all, man. Okay. I wasn't I, I wasn't actually doing I wasn't doing anything. It was I was just kind of in survival mode and yeah, not yeah. feeling not feeling very creative at all. Yeah, you gotta have the spirit. Or, or just buttload of discipline. Just keep pushing yourself. Through. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I know, you know, I know I, man. I just kind of got into it, but I, I was wondering because you're talking about your composing. How big a big a part? Because and on one side you're like a session guy, right? But I like this idea because I think life is about taking turns. So why always be a second a side man? Oh, why always be a composer? Why, why not play different roles? That's what I, I've gotten to do with uh, yeah. this guitar, you know? Sometimes take directions, sometimes give directions, sometimes collaborate, all them kind of things. So how big is composition Absolutely. now in your music? How big is what? Composition, you know? You write, oh, you man, know? it's it's huge. It's huge. I mean, it's, um, you know, I think, um, um, like, every every project that I get asked to to join in on is something where it's a lot of it is me, you know, writing something for it, like writing parts, you know, coming up with something because it's, um, it's, it's like, it's more than just like, Hey, we need someone to play this part. You know, it's like, like we like what you bring. And so we're going to bring you in to like do your thing. And, you know, and, and of course I take direction. I'm, you know, and I, and I love to, but it's a thing where it's like most of the time people are like, do your thing, come up with something, come up with a cool, cool part. You know, it's not so much like, Hey, we need you to replace the dead guy. 
Exactly. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> you know, good music is good music, and people die, and people have to be replaced. But that's sure. the only way to be a band. <laughs> right. Right. So you you get like to get into situations where they they got like little springboards, little launch pads. For your, uh, yeah, yeah. I, lo- I mean, I love that. That's great. But of course, you know that there are situations where it's just like we need this thing. It's got to be played exactly yeah, like right, this. Right. And, you know, I got you know that's 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 what you got to do. Yeah, yeah. Like with that, when I played with uh, Ig and Yoko Ono, I didn't create a part. I played. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. I kind of did it in a wild way, but and with Stooges, right? I didn't. Hey, guys, I'm throwing in some new notes. <laughs> you know? and, oh man! They let me every time do. Uh, L.A. Blues, I got to put in uh, some quotes from Love Supreme in there. Oh, yeah. They, they did oh, okay. that. Yeah, that, that was really nice of them. In fact, Scotty and Brother Steve would, like, join in on me at, as, as it was walking off, you know, with the arms up. I am you. Oh, I man. am you. And, <laughs> bum, 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 you know. Yeah, man. Yeah, else. So, uh, are gigs coming back for you? Oh, I can eat those guys. Oh, man. Are gigs coming back for you? Yeah, actually, um, surprisingly, I, you know, all of a sudden things are happening. Okay. It's um, it went from zero to um, now. I'm doing like I'm getting like scheduling conflicts and shit. It's crazy, Whoa. but I'm thankful, man. I'm thankful. Yeah, I'm really, sure, sure. really happy. Things are coming together, and I mean, even like like today, I'm gonna go. I gotta go. I mentioned before, gotta go practice with the Scream guys for a right, thing that they right. got cooking, and then. After that, it's up at Inner Ear, finishing up that Hammered Holes LP. They were out in Cali for a while, right? They were called Wool. Who? The two brothers. Yeah. 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 Grohl. Yeah. They're still they're they're still out there. Oh, they're, they are. Just, they are okay. Because Grohl was telling me some stuff. Yeah, they're 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 out there now. Um, but um, they're they're just in town to do this record, and um, it's going to be a new Scream record, but recording it. At Inner Ear, they're trying to get it in before Inner Ear closes because Inner Ear is closing in October. Whoa. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, man, it's sad, but, you know. Well, what about you? Are you recording at home, Annie? What's that? Do you do any of your recording at your pad? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got a a, a practice space, too, and and I've been doing a lot of stuff there. Yeah, yeah. Well, is there a Mark Cisneros album coming? Um, I mean, that's kind of, um, that's kind of the hammered hull stuff. That's like, um, the hammered hull stuff is like, there's songs that I've had since high school. <laughs> <in that. laughs> well, when you get the album, when you come back on the show, cause we're out of fucking time now, but I, I could talk to you forever, Mark. Yeah, man, absolutely. That would be, that'd okay. be my pleasure. So when you get that thing done, bring on the show, we'll play it all and talk about the tunes. Talk Hell about yeah. Absolutely. Big absolutely. inspiration, man. Uh, you make me. Love music even more than I already do. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? <laughs> I mean, you've been a huge inspiration to me. And, and um, you know, like, I think it's just, uh, it's one of those things where you see someone do it, and then you get inspired, and then you do it yourself, and then you hope that, that you can be a part of this 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 cycle where, where you're going to help somebody else, you know, yeah. Yeah. you know, see the light and go, and they're going to help somebody else, and, you know, keep it. Yeah. Keep it moved down the line, you know. I love that. I love that. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. Truly. Keep on keeping on, brother. It's been August 30, 2021 edition of Peter Show. People, keep your powder dry.